Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Growing Up the Same. I'm your host, Trayvon Edwards. I'm joined by my co-host, Jason Madison. And we have a special guest today, Jake One. What's going on? Chilling, man. Chilling. Glad to be here. Jake One is a record producer and songwriter from Seattle, Washington. He actually produced the track that you hear at the beginning of this show every episode. Jake? This is the one of the two. You ready? Yep. Mixtape or album? Uh, Mixtape. Too short or E40? 40. Mac Dre or Pimp C? Mac Dre. Timbaland or Dr. Dre? Dr. Dre. Pete Rock or Pumo? Um. Hmm. I'm going to go with Primo. The Apple Cup or the Iron Bowl? Oh, Apple Cup. I mean, you know, that only matters to me, but, you know, Apple Cup. The Rock or Stone Cold? I guess The Rock, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with The Rock. G-Unit or State Property? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with State Property because I'm, I'm way closer to Freeway than anybody in G-Unit, so... <laughs> 
uh, Casino or Goodfellas? Ooh, Goodfellas. Blade or Spawn? Ah, uh, Blade. I like the soundtrack on Blade too. I never heard that soundtrack. I gotta check it out. Uh, Miss to Society or Do the Right Thing? Uh, do the Right Thing. Beverly Hills Cop or 48 Hours? Man, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. I saw both of them in the theater too. I'm that old. <laughs> so. I like 48 Hours, I think, personally. But they both classics. I mean, Eddie Murphy in that time was just. The Touch dominant force. He was Jordan of his time in that in that world. Yeah. Pedro Martinez or Randy Johnson? Ah uh, uh, man, I'm gonna go with Randy Johnson because you know I'm an old Mariners fan. Yeah. Um, KD or Steph? KD. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Ooh, I think I think Patrick Mahomes, man. Actually, Russell Wilson. Fuck that. All right, so then Russell Wilson or Beast Mode? See, that's really hard because I got I to go with Beast Mode because he just changed what the city, you know, meant to people outside of Seattle and the image of us and the Seahawks. He did more to change that than anybody since, like, GP and, uh, and Kemp in the 90s. So I'm going to go with Beast Mode. Beast Mode's character, too. I mean, everybody knows, but... I had a couple random interactions with him on some uh, nightlife shit that was just is what you would expect. Right. <laughs> DJ Clue or Funk Flex? Funk Flex. DJ Clue don't even DJ, so he 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 wasn't like a real DJ. Funk Flex, he might be offbeat with his shit, but he's at least on turntable scratching. But I was gonna say like yeah, the Funk Flex is also very tricky. He said some wild shit about podcasts. There's, there's generations of, you know, he's had a lot of years to fuck up and uh, <laughs> yeah. touch his legacy with the spotlight on him. But yeah. I think about more like him mid-90s, early 90s, what he was doing. Um, and, you know, not necessarily him just being the old dude wearing, like, leather hats, mad at young rappers. Like, I don't really go for all that. I'm, I'm not signing that part of him, but, yeah. you know. Just, just from that era, I feel it. <laughs> The Chronic or Illmatic? Man, that's a really hard one. Um, man, you know, I'd say Illmatic just because I, I played the Chronic recently. And and at my age, I'm just like, damn, this shit is so vulgar. Like, how can I play this <laughs> with my daughter around? Like, and, and, I, and I, you know, the music is still, it hits me in the heart, right? Right. But it's like, <laughs> I find myself just hitting forward so often it's like whoa how do i even like turn this part down because it's the whole song right. so yeah illmatic i mean i might like the beats on the chronic better i don't know they're both equally great yeah pizza burgers uh i'm more of a burger person i think yeah me too crab or lobster Ooh, uh, man, uh, a homie of mine just opened a restaurant. He has his crab sandwich. So it's just like ridiculous crab roll. So I'm, I'm on the crab roll right now. So crab. Huff or black scale? Oh, Huff or black scale? Um, man, I'm going to say black scale just because 
I was down there when that cracked off and they gave me a bunch of free stuff back in the day. So <laughs> that's, that's really my only logic yeah. for that one. But RIP yeah. Huff, you know, I was really yeah. sad. RIP Huff, shout out my man Mega though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Megan. Um, NPC or Ableton? Um, I'm an ASR 10 guy, so I'm, I still go NPC, you know, just, just yeah. analog. That's what I started with. I was I was talking to uh, another old producer DJ Khalil yesterday. We were just reminiscing how hard how hard it was to just make a regular beat back in the day, and now you throw that shit in Ableton, and it's literally five seconds. Something might have taken you an hour. Yeah. Um, so I still appreciate the work in that. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm gonna go NPC. There's a sound to those things too that's different than like a very unique sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you rather work with an artist when they're happy or when they're sad? Um, man, I haven't made, I mean, it's funny. The only music I really made my career has been happy has been tuxedo. So <laughs> in hip hop, I don't really want to make something happy. That's just, that was kind of not what we were going for. You know, I don't come from that era, but, yeah. um, you definitely don't, I mean, I think like sad and angry, like. I've been in the studio sometimes with guys and they're just mad about something. And I don't really like that. Cause it's like, it just depends if, if they can channel that into a good record. A lot of times it's more of just them feeling sorry for themselves. Right. Blaming everybody else for why their shit ain't good enough, you know? Yeah. So, so you roll with sad. I'm gonna go with sad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you, if you only had a gun, uh, like a rifle, would you rather fight eight wolves or three bears? I mean, probably the bears, because I, I don't really know how to shoot guns, and it's probably more likely I'm going to hit three than eight. <laughs> so would, would a rifle do shit to a bear? Would, would they just keep coming? I don't even know. I feel like I feel like you would probably have better action against the wolves with the rifle. Yeah. Like the bear might keep coming. <laughs> he might just shrug that shit off, yeah. Yeah, just eat it. He might eat it. Might eat those. those. Yeah. Um, sushi or ramen? Oh, sushi all day. Sushi all day. Would you rather make your money on the front end or the back end? Um, back end for sure. I it's something special about getting paid for something you did a long time ago. Anytime I get like. You know, it's funny, like this week is when royalties come around. So like there's songs I did in the early 2000s that I still get whatever small amount of money from. And it just it feels crazy. It's like you've been getting paid for something for one song for 15 years, you know. Yeah. So I try to envision that like when I'm, you know, another 20 years is, you know, these checks still coming. That's exciting. to me. Yeah. Um, and my last one, beat maker or producer? Um. You know, this is this is a highly con contested debate amongst people. I saw this jump off on Twitter the other day. I'm going beat maker because if, if you don't have somebody making slaps, there's nobody in there to like, you know, say do this or that. Like, it's it's a lot easier to tell somebody what to do than to actually do it. That's kind of my viewpoint on it. Um, but you need both of them. You know, some people can do both, but not that often. You know, like I think. I think as a beat maker, I consider myself more of a beat maker most of the time. We're more wrapped up into what we did when we make something. And that's why we might think it's special. Oh, we did this creative thing. 
when like a person that's not attached in that way don't give a shit and they're just hearing it for the music it is and they can turn it into a record you know um i think producers are, are no you know beat makers are notoriously bad judges of their own music sometimes because we just i don't know it's just it's just a thing when when you can put all those things together and you're like a five tool player that's powerful you know but it's rare it is very rare for sure well that was one of the two thank you brother all right man let's talk let's take a, a trip down memory lane with with young jake tell me about your relationship with baseball cards oh man um man that was just my whole life as you know probably when i was like 9 10 11 12 shit I think by i think it was maybe when i turned like uh freshman year of high school it just hit me like oh this isn't cool no more and i just stopped cold turkey and then i got into this shit ba the records is basically my extension of baseball cards it's no different it's like you know um but yeah i don't know it was just something i was obsessed with and it's weird during the pandemic i started buying baseball cards again like what am i doing you know like i'm back you might you might be the third or fourth guests that we've had that have like gotten into like collecting cards again like recently it's, i yeah. mean it's, it's one of those things like there's just like a certain kind of joy that shit brings you because it's things from your childhood then you know you wanted all these things it's like with sneakers i feel like most people that are into sneakers we couldn't have when we were kids our parents wouldn't buy this or that and then you get a little money you're like i'm buying everything and the baseball card is an extension of that for me. So I, I haven't gone that crazy, thank God. I don't know where I would even put all that stuff, but um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, I got like, like I just bought this the other day, the Vermont Mariners Griffey. I don't know, just silly shit. Like when I was, when I was- Is that like the AAA team? I think it's the AA, because I don't even think he made it to AAA, but- yeah, uh jumped up. You know, when I was, when I was a kid, Griffey was a rookie and we used to go down there every day and chase him and get autographs. Like this is, you know, nobody was going to Mariners games. He used to pull up in the, the white bins with the ground effects. It was just crazy playing like life is too short. Some shit straight out of a movie. Like I wish we had pictures of this cause it was amazing. Um, he had like the Jordan three suit. You remember that with the elephant print, just killing Jordan threes and fours. He was definitely like probably my first sports hero. So, so is it say is it safe to say that anything Griffey, like baseball card related or memorabilia, that's your number one choice? I mean, yeah, but but it's only like the ones that I really wanted back in the day. Like once I was off that, I couldn't even I didn't care at all. Like once we hit the '90s, it was over for me, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I had of course I had to go back and get all those. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely. Especially when you start thinking back and it's like, man, I can actually go get them now. All right. So transitioning to the next thing that you got into breakdancing. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you get into breakdancing? I mean, it was just what everybody in my neighborhood was doing. Probably like 80, 83, 84, like uh, when Planet Rock came out and all that stuff. That was just, it sounds silly. Like I'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell some of my younger homies like, man at school we would just you know do the circle and be spinning and get in trouble for it you know like it just i don't know i spent like definitely a two full years trying to like do a windmill and i remember when i got it it was like i dunked or something you know what i mean 
Uh, I mean, I'm thinking about it. With us being so young, I'm 85. Jason is 88, yeah. 89. Yeah, so it was way over by it. But then it kind of came back in the 90s a little bit. Yeah, my dad, my dad used to break dance. So, you know, like obviously he was a good dancer and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure how big that culture was in the, in the 80s and, and uh, late 70s too. So, you know, I, I definitely can see how it sparked up, you know, and obviously seeing those movies, those classic movies, the New York movies where. Yeah, know, I mean, got, like Beat Street and Breaking. When those came out, we were little kids and man, <laughs> lived that. We wanted to be in the uh, first time I went to New York. I was like, where did they do Beat Street? At? I didn't give a fuck about anything but that. I just wanted right. to see the graffiti, where people were breakdancing. You know, my 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 family out there was like, Mm-mm, nah, <laughs> we're not doing that. Other than Planet Rock, what was some other big records that you were? Uh, man, like Jam on It, Nucleus, uh, uh, Egyptian Lover, Egypt, Egypt, uh, Run DFC's first album, like Hard Times, Bad Boys, all that stuff was just, yeah. I mean, I still have my records from that time too. Um, Dougie Fresh, Lottie Dottie, it's like those kind of, that was definitely like the time. You know what? Lottie Dottie. Lottie, 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 you know what, your peep this, Lottie, Lottie, we like the party, we don't cause trouble, we don't bother nobody, we're just some men that's on the mic, and when we rock up on the mic, we rock the mic. Funny thing is, we were, we had a show in, um, I don't remember where this was, like, somewhere in Europe. And somebody played Planet Rock when we were in Soundcheck, and I tried to do a windmill. And man, oh my God, <laughs> I definitely like pulled a muscle, almost died. That shit is really hard. Uh, you got to be in some good ass shape to do that. So when I see anybody old still doing it, I just have to salute him. Like, man, you're incredible. <laughs> I think a blue be doing that shit all the time. He, he like, he loves to pull out that little spin move. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jada Kiss can break too. Yeah, I saw the kids do a windmill. That fucked me up. But I, I think if you're like in my age group, that was some real currency. Like if you could do a windmill, you were not just the average dude doing a little up rock and like a, a you know, a, a little kickworm or some bullshit, you know, like or a backspin. You know, we used to count the times you spun on a backspin. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, I can I can only imagine what that social currency meant. You know what I mean? Just being a man, just being able to hit the parties with your sweatsuit and everything. You know, that that's that sounds nuts, man. All right. Uh transitioning from there, basketball. Now, me and you have gotten a chance to play basketball a couple times in Seattle. Right. Um, and then obviously you're you're a huge basketball fan, but like what got you into basketball as a youth? Um, my dad was into basketball and uh it was just another thing all the kids were doing in my neighborhood. Like, you know, every summer we go to the park, I mean, all time during the year, but especially in the summer, just being up there and watching like the older guys that were really good. Um, and it was, they were just the heroes, you know, it was, it was really, it was them and the guys with the biggest boom box, you know, whoever, <laughs> whoever could play their music the loudest. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things like in hoop, you realize real quick what level you're at, though. Like you'll get humbled so quick at a young age. And, you know, I, I went against guys who were really good and they would whoop my ass. And I, was, I just realized at a certain point, like, yeah, this isn't I don't really have a shot in this. <laughs> but for the, for the listeners have never seen Jake play, Jake can actually shoot the ball. Um, 
He is also, he still drives, which is kind of crazy to me at, at his age, still going to the basket, <laughs> but he does it. You got to get in and out of there. You can't, you know, I'm just trying not to get hurt. Yeah. Hey. It might just be over. I've like kind of accepted this just might be my retirement. With really? COVID. I mean, I haven't played since March or whatever. So yeah. And we didn't play prior to that. Like maybe that was probably like a year Mm -hmm. some change the last time yeah. I was out in the like, yeah, before that, I was probably playing three days a week and uh yes yeah, now I'm playing golf I transitioned to that because I do something we actually had a conversation about that too man <laughs> you know you was looking pretty good on the Instagram story I mean, I'll say it, that it's, it's coming together but I think as soon as you think you figured it out that's when they just you just totally fall apart and look like an asshole um golf is my sport man it is I, it is yeah, crazy challenging tough. you know yeah, no, it's one of those things. I mean, I think it's like every other sport, but I think a lot of people get into it when they're older. And so just like anything else, it's like if you don't start it as a kid, right. you don't have like certain, like, you know what I'm saying, understanding and like certain just little. It's, just, it's like when when you go play basketball somewhere and you see a dude that just didn't grow up playing basketball, you're like, mm, yeah. you just, exactly. it doesn't look right. You know what I mean? You can tell yeah. when somebody's played even at a high school level, you're like, eh. yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm that dude in golf now, where I'm like the embarrassment, you know. Like <laughs> that's most that's most guys because most guys don't play. A lot of people suck at golf. I feel yeah. like hoop is a little, but you know, we've I've been playing basketball since I was like five years old, so like I forget that I had all these years doing that. And in golf, I'm only been playing like six months. Right. So, yeah, I, I played when I was eight. My uncle uh, took me to get lessons, like right when Tiger Woods came out, basically. Right. You know what I'm saying, and he knew already how to play, so he was like, "Look." If you want to be the next whoever, you know, the next Tiger, like, I'm going to pay for you to get lessons. Right. And so now whenever I go out and, like, you know, especially it's, like, if I play with, like, older guys, you know what I'm saying? I'll just say that. Like, if I play with older guys, they think, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I get out there, they're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> have a surprise. Like, you know how to play golf? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Seattle like hoop legacy is definitely like really underrated um and people just didn't know that we had like you know this many guys from the city that made the NBA and uh you know even just being around some of them I grew up with a couple of dudes that made the league um so like it's it's just cool to, and, and you know once I got old enough that I was way out of high school and I go watch Matisse Thibel and you know baby boy play against each other whoever it was and see them make the league is just it's really cool um and having somebody like jamal here to really like mentor everybody is really dope uh, i mean it's crazy we got like a new kid every year though that's just headed to the league which is you know for a city the size of what we have is pretty remarkable yeah y'all been holding y'all on all right my next question is did you have any idols growing up man probably you know all my earlier idols were definitely like sports related. Um, Griffey for sure. Um, probably Sean Kemp. I think Sean Kemp was probably my favorite Sonic when I was a kid. I mean, you know, the way he used to dunk on people was just so disrespectful. And as a kid, that's really the only thing that mattered to us, you know. Um, when I got into, you know, the music stuff and I was, you know, tinkering around, I'd say like definitely like DJ Premier, um, Pete Rock, guys like that, Dre. And it's weird to like actually know them, you know, personally. It's it's like weird to meet your heroes and them actually be cool 
and not be assholes. You know, sometimes it goes that way too. But, um, you know, I've been fortunate to like earn the respect of some of the guys I really looked up to and the reasons why I even made, started making beats. Um, that means a lot to me for sure. When did you start making beats? Um, I made my first beat, I think in 92 on somebody else's equipment. And I probably didn't really get serious till like maybe 96, 97. Um, which is crazy. I mean, I've been there making beats for like 30 years. Um, so it's like, I just can't believe I'll still get to do this and make money and, you know, do what I want with it. I, I, I don't really very often try to make something for any other purpose, but my own enjoyment. Like if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it in general. And that's kind of what's worked for me. Yeah, I personally can't keep up with you anymore. So, like, <laughs> if you're not, if you're sharing a song, like, That's on right. your story, I'll be like, damn, you worked on that? He like, yeah. <laughs> and just go on about it, you know what I'm saying? That's, so it, that, I mean, honestly, I at this point, I more enjoy making something that nobody thinks I should be a part of. Um, and that's what the last five years have been. So, you know, hopefully there's going to be more of those. I got some other good ones coming, hopefully. So we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I never had like a, a beat tag or nothing like that. So people got to look at the credits. And if they don't, then it's, you know, it's like, like, I feel like once a week, somebody hits me up and was like, you did John Cena's theme song? And I was like, yeah, you know, like, it's not a secret, but I guess, you know, I don't like publicize this stuff every day. I'd rather have everybody else talking about me. That's not. Shoutouts to the checks. That's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, that's, it. that's obviously the most important thing as far as that. That's that's what you want to get your. Now, now did you not want to make a tag or is that is that like a intentional uh, thing? I don't I don't know, man. It's funny. I, I have a tag of like Bootsy Collins saying my name from a Snoop song that I used, yeah. I've used on a couple times. But um, I don't know. It's just more of like. I just thought like the sound I'm making should be my tag. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. I don't know. It, it just wasn't something that, that was like the guys I looked to, you know, did. Premiere, I heard his beat. I knew it was a Premiere beat. Oh, of course. So, yeah, Pharrell, uh, Kanye, a lot of guys. Lot yeah, of exactly. I think Jess was like the first dude really doing it. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. It's 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 actually makes me really happy to see like the youngsters, you know, brand themselves and get all this money just, you know, being a producer, going and press and play, playing their shit in clubs and getting thousands and thousands of dollars. I never would have seen that coming. So like, right. it's, it's awesome to see that and see the dudes that are half responsible for the song get their due. You know what I mean? That a Metro is famous or, you know, right. Or, uh, whoever there's like, I feel like there's a new dude every six months. It's like, there is. The tag, if the tag is good, it helps too. Like, I think that really makes people want to say their name and make them more famous. Yeah. I, I didn't even really think about the fact that Jess was the first one. I was trying to think after you said that, like, damn, is well, you just got the just please. Yeah, yeah, just, no, but that's I was like, damn, was there anybody who was really coming with the tag like that before Just? I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember it being a thing until he did it. And then, you know, it's it's funny. There's like an evolution of tags. Like I remember when Jaleel had him and it was like a little kid. Then you heard a bunch of little kids saying somebody's name yeah. and then Justice League had the girl is like maybe a girl from some foreign place. You had to have that say in your name. Yeah. Now I don't know. It's it's all over the place. My favorite right now is Take Keith. Take Keith. <laughs> I hear Take Keith. I know some shit about to get tore up. 
I'm but like, yo. Like, to have a tag like that, it, it impacts the beat. And it's funny, like, for instance, Southside has the one that, yeah, like the, the space sound. It's not even his name, but that was such a thing. And yeah. I'd be in there with him making beats, and I could tell when he really was feeling the shit because he would put it in there. He'd be like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, now we got one. You yeah. Know? No, it really sets it off. I, I love that. <laughs> I love What's the thing. weirdest way you stumbled upon a great beat? Uh, weirdest. Uh, I mean, the, this Brent Fires one, the, um, the Ben Away, we originally made that in, I think, like 2014. Me and, um, uh, my homie Sam that I work on a lot of stuff with Sam Wish and we were just playing around with sounds in Ableton and I feel like we just started slowing things down is that was kind of the sound at the time and it was I want to say it was about the time like mask off had come out so we were joking about you know flutes is about to run shit it's usually like a new instrument every year it's like the thing um, so we made like a whole bunch of beats with flutes on them and samples with flute ideas and for whatever reason that one just stuck um and it sat there for five years or whatever the hell and then they came out with this song and people love it so like sometimes it just it works that way you know what's like, crazy I, is i didn't even know you made that and that's like one of my shit so i thank you for thank you for making that <laughs> uh and then my last question for you before jason gets the last two is uh what do you still want to accomplish in your career um, I want to, I want to find an artist and do a project. I have, still haven't done that. And it's been a lot of reasons for it. Um, but I still want to do that. Um, and then I want to make a number one. I haven't made a number one on Bill 100. I did a, I think I've had like a number eight and a 20 and some shit in that range, but I just want my name on the number one, you know? And it's something I can't even try to do. That's just some shit that happens. It just happens. Yeah. That's yeah. You can't you can't set out to make a number one. Nah, yeah. man, the snare in a number one snare. No, you just right. you just do your shit and the stars have to align. And you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I'd be cool regardless. I just I just I just want to keep making the things I like and uh, you know, impacting all the all of the culture of music and you know, doing just unpredictable shit. Like I really have enjoyed these last whatever five, six years of just doing things that did not make sense of what my earlier career was. So who's been your favorite rapper to work with? Um my favorite rapper that's been getting on my beats the last couple of years is definitely Ross. It's just something about um his voice and his presence on the beats I make that I just think is definitely been really good him or nip i mean nip me and nip had a good thing yeah um it was it's also cool when you like friends with the person like i actually you know sat and talked with him for a couple of hours multiple times and yeah. ended up making songs out of it um and yeah, he good. like really like would have a, a clear picture of what he wanted to do which helps me a lot he'd be like i need something like this you know yeah. and i need you to do this because nobody else can give me this and I just appreciated that from him. And he was just always like, never put too much on it. Like, I don't really like the rappers that try to sell me the dream. Like, it's, we're way too, we're past that point. Yeah. But, and know. he was just always him as just as a person. A thousand know? percent. And, yeah. and I, I was talking to somebody the other day, asked me about that. And I was like, what you saw of him on interviews and wherever mm -hmm. he was, that's really who he was in all moments. Yeah. Like, 
he might not have been as serious as that all the time. Like he was more no, of not character. at all. Yeah, but, he was fully that. Like it wasn't a character. It was, no. He wasn't playing uh, Nipsey Hustle. This was the man, and he that's walked, who he was. Yeah. He lived like that for twenty four hours a day, and like that to me, like. I don't really like mess with a lot of rappers like that. Like, you know, just on like a personal or even like, right. oh, I really like this guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? I had the good fortune of like growing up in the same neighborhood and like then knowing him and being friends with him and like, right. you know, really getting to know him. And, you know, obviously also like with Dom being my cousin, like, like they're just very authentic people. And like, that's what people are drawn to in them. You know, like even like guys like Currency have that same kind of thing. Right. Like, there's a lot of like, kind of, you know, from that blog era, like independent minded guys right. who aren't like trying to be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like they're very talented at that skill and they and they have so much game to give people that that's just what they do. That's just who they are as a person. And it for sure just lose that. And it's crazy like Dom, Dom is in that category too because he's just, I just think he's so unique and just how he is. Like I remember the first time I met him, he came to the studio. Guys I knew were trying to buy verses. You know, they were all excited he was coming through. And he yeah. was like, oh, I don't rap with people I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like that made me want to work with him even more. Like, yes. Yeah. Like that's how it should be. Everybody can't get a verse. Everybody, you gotta work to that. Yep. Um yeah. and, you know, he they definitely had a very similar thing they just didn't give a fuck they were just being them thousand yeah. percent you know yeah they're both leo crossing the records yeah they're both leos their birthdays are a week apart so i'm sure that has something to do with something it's funny my favorite probably both of my favorite songs are there to check me out like i, oh, I yeah. can't get enough of that song like oh yeah that's an all-timer okay. I, I was always telling uh mike and keys i'm like why aren't you guys do a whole album of this like what are you doing right because i yeah. love that song yeah um, and speaking of tags, I think my favorite tag of all time is the Maybach music tag. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean they he he's been going crazy on that where it's like he'll just like repeat it, like he'll do the like machine gun Maybach music for like twenty seconds straight. Uh, yeah. yeah, who would have known? Like, I mean, I'm sure when they had when he did their original song and the girl said that, who knows that was going to turn into that? Shouts to Maybach Diana. Is that who it is as a person? Yeah. <laughs> White chick. That's that's Maybach Diana. Throwback on me. She coming for royalties. <laughs> All right. I'm sure I'm sure she eating. She for sure eating. Well, Jake, you know, it's a question that we ask all our guests on the show. What advice would you give 18-year-old Jake? Uh probably would have told myself to learn how to play some instruments a little faster. Um I would have uh, probably left Seattle at some point a little earlier and moved to LA or New York and just got in the mix a little more because I think I missed out on some things by just being here all the time. It's it's my comfort zone, obviously, but it probably would have been good to push myself a little bit in that way. But I think it, a lot of this just played out the way it was supposed to, honestly, like you know, I didn't, I don't feel like I did anything too terrible in my younger days. So, you know, it was more just like career things like, oh man, I should have seen that coming. I should have got involved in this business a little faster, but 
you know, we're always going to have those, you know, I'm sure there's some today I'm missing out on that's going to be five years and be kicking myself over. Well, Jake, man, you know, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for the intro song and outro. You know, you family. You're always welcome on here. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You, All right, man. All right, man. Peace. Peace. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.